The Spielman and Hooley podcast is a service of Flashes of Fun Photography, your source for great senior pictures, family pictures, and pet pictures. Book online at flashesofun.com, flashes o, not of, flashesofun.com, and save $50, flashesofun.com. Previously on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast... Uh, the Andy and J.J. Dalton Foundation has donated millions of dollars to help Cincinnati families, sick kids, local hospitals. They estimate they've impacted 5 million lives. It's amazing. So he's done a great job. Here's a story about Andy Dalton. Last year, they're playing in Oakland. Auden Tate gets hurt. Um, neck injury. Got to update the Open. Uh, they're on the, they get on the plane. They're I coming know. home. I only had two Andy days. Dalton has only a had two days seat to is, update you know, the Open. So uh, his you can't expect too much from me. Team. I never had that. Do you need an assistant? Um, I can, have, I can, you have I, three I minions. One? You have three minions running around here that I are do. Yeah, quarantined. true. I do have two minions or three minions. Yeah. Yes, there's three children. Three, yeah. Like you that one time. You said you had four daughters. I'm like, no, you have five. Good morning, everyone. It is a Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast, Friday, May 8th. I always love May 8th. I always love the 8th because uh, the 8th, I'm in Proverbs 8. So we'll talk a little bit about go. that at the end of the podcast. And we have OSU wrestling coach Tom Ryan joining us today. Yeah. Plus, at, our- uh, about 7.30. So for the Facebook Live audience, you can join us. Let's start with the Oregon governor. She says their health director recommends that they cancel or severely modify all events in the state of Oregon mass attendance events through the end of September. That would encompass the September 12th, my birthday, uh, Oregon-Ohio State game. Look, here's my position on it. That's four months away. I think it's foolish to talk now about what could happen four months from now or to make panic-inducing statements like that four months out because four months ago, it was the 1st of February, and none of us envisioned what March and April would be like on the 1st of February. Hence, I think none of us can envision what mid-September is going to be like four months away. I think it was James Franklin that came out yesterday. If somebody's not playing, don't punish everybody. And maybe the Pac-12 doesn't play this year. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we have... People at games, maybe not 60,000, 80,000, 100,000, but you do have people at the game. But one of the requirements for attending the game in person is that you wear uh, a face covering. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of envision that uh, to give yourself the best chance for that not to um, take place. So we'll see. You're right, though. Four months, I don't know, things could change so quickly, and it has changed, and there's so much more information. And I think as a country, as a, our leadership, uh, on all levels and ourselves are much more educated to make those decisions. And I was pleased to see that uh, Governor DeWine and Dr. Acton and uh, John Husted, Lieutenant mm-hmm. Governor Husted, came out and had a plan for opening up restaurants with mitigation Fantastic in place yes. and then kind of moving forward. So uh, I also think that from my perspective, medication not a vaccine but i think medication or treatment will be available uh and more uh reliable as far as what they know and advanced and what they know and what works and what don't doesn't work whether it's chloroquine or rendemosphere i believe i said that right or close to it let's just wait and see on the oregon game yeah now, i understand you got to buy your plane ticket and all that kind of stuff but just just wait and see let's just just not panic on this kind of stuff okay i'd like to see our elected leaders sometimes it's okay sometimes a good answer is I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll evaluate it a month out, and we'll let you know. Well, I think that the football teams in the Big Ten, I'll just I'll just speak on the Big Ten since we're in Big Ten country, mm-hmm. in the heart of it all, as they used to say, that probably by the first week of July, there's got to be a decision made on whether you're going. I mean, a team needs to start by the first week of July. That's my, my feelings. What do you think? How many do you, oh, I think do you need? Ryan Day says six, so I'll, okay. I'll sit on six. Okay, I'll, by the I, middle. I, I, th- I think it can be done in four. Right. If everybody starts with the same run-up, then everybody starts equally, right? So I don't know why you couldn't, if you if you couldn't get together until August the 1st. Okay, lop off the opener. Lop off the first two games. If you need that on the back right. end of September, in the middle of September, 1st of September to get ready, lop off your first two yeah, games and go do, from there. If you do that, then you're you know killing a little bit of the money that those teams Golden can make goose. during that time. Right. So that's I don't know if that would be wise because then you're killing lesser programs, which I don't think that's the goal from anybody. Nope. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'm fairly confident they'll figure it out and keep kind of moving forward. 
We know who is moving forward. The NFL's moving forward, brother. We got these schedules last night. All the NFL's crushing in the ratings. They're the only thing that's rating higher right now than Last Dance on ESPN. But I don't know that I'd take a victory lap, which uh, one of the ESPN executives yesterday took a victory lap on Twitter about the ratings for Last Dance, and I thought, that's like me taking a victory lap for beating my 10-year-old in one-on-one basketball. Like, what's your competition, champ? Yeah, exactly. You know, there's nothing else out there. Uh, But here's the uh, Bengals schedule. They start with the uh, L.A. Chargers um, at home at 4.05 on September the 13th. That's a great start for them. If if it's Tyrod Taylor or if it's rookie Justin Herbert, I like the Bengals in that one. I do. I look at that game and I think to myself, uh, hopefully it's Herbert because that's interesting to me, right? Mm -hmm. Two rookie Herbert and Burrow, sure. So uh, that's a winnable game. Then on Thursday at Next week, Cleveland. second week at the Browns. That's... Burrow getting ready on a short week right away. <laughs> yeah, I love it. There you go, Joe Burrow. You got three days, buddy. It's not inconceivable that the Bengals actually could start out 2-0. They go at Ravens and at Steelers before they get either one of them at home. They're on the road. They're at the Redskins, Burrow and Haskins, and Burrow and Chase Young, week mm-hmm. 11. You know, there's some games that you look at and you go, well, that's just, they can't win that one. You know, Dallas Cowboys. and uh, Which will be a sellout in Paul in uh, Paul Brown, Brown Stadium. Because there'll be a ton of Dallas fans. I want to say Paul Brown Tiger Stadium, which is the real pa- Paul, the Brown Paul Brown Stadium. Brown stadium. <laughs> but uh, they finish with the Ravens at home in week 17. They, fin- they have Steelers, Ravens, and they have the Steelers on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. In week fourteen, uh, week fifteen, then they're at the Texans two days after Christmas, and then they finish with the Ravens at home. So they have Steelers and Ravens at home two of the last three weeks. It's good. It's good schedule. I mean, they for got them. a lot of Joe Burrow have a lot of experience by then. Yeah, your Cleveland Browns, who is our friend Dan, our emailing friend Dan from Minnesota, mm-hmm. noted the other day in an email to Spielman, Spielman Hooli podcast at gmail dot com. He said Bruce's. Brown's dysfunction calendar has been remarkably quiet lately. It has been. It has been remarkably quiet. New leadership. Dan, way to go, man. Kevin Stefanski, no news is good news with the Cleveland Browns, but there is not good news on the schedule, in my opinion. The last five weeks of the season, the Cleveland Browns are at the Jags, at the Titans, Ravens at home, at the Giants, at the Jets. You can have tougher opponents than the Jags, Giants, and Jets, but the four of five on the road to end the year yeah, and the Ravens tough. being at home, that's not ideal. No, that's that's a tough schedule. They open up with the Ravens, which is tough. At the Ravens. Ouch. Then the Bengals. So, But here's the thing. The, the Browns look at their Thursday night just like the Bengals are looking at Thursday Okay, got a tough opener. I mean, this is how I evaluate the schedule. If I were a player, it's okay. We got a tough opener at the Ravens. Fine. But we can come back quick and get the Bengals. We should win that one. Mm-hmm. You kind of play that game a little bit. Yeah. Although you know that in the NFL, there's never been a truer statement by a title of a movie in the history of movies <laughs> called Any Given Sunday. Yes, because indeed. as we know, that can happen and it's very true uh, in the NFL. And so all that can happen. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um I'm excited about it. I was looking at the Fox broadcast schedule. I'm going to sit there and try to predict where I'm going to go, and I'm mm-hmm. going to see if my prediction is going to come true because my suggestion, although it falls on deaf ears, would be send me all the games that, that I can drive to. Well, one of them would be your uh, September 27th Washington Redskins at Cleveland Browns. Game. Yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take uh, any, any Bengals October game. October 25th, Browns at Bengals. I'll take it. Well, the problem is... It has That's to be on. It's got to yeah. have an NFC team in it. So we're probably looking at the second half of the schedule where they kind of switch that around and the flex scheduling mm-hmm. and teams start swap or, or the networks start swapping games. So we'll see how that uh, that plays out. But I was looking at the schedule. The first three weeks, I could do drivable games. You could. That's nice. You uh, might get the uh, Lions in the opener. I'm Bear, Bears and Lions. But then Minnesota at Indy week two, I kind of had my eye on. I'm calling uh, William Hill in Las Vegas today. I'm saying Tom and Chris are doing that. By the way, are you with Tom yet, or do you know? Uh, I'm assuming I am. Okay. Um, there's, you know, there's been a change. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but my the good great friend Charles Davis is gone to be number two at CBS. Some people have sent me articles. I haven't heard one way or another mm-hmm. that I could possibly go up with Kevin Burkhart. It's, I think, uh, between two other guys and myself and it doesn't matter to me one way or another that you know i've always said as long as i'm doing a game every sunday i don't really care 
what position I'm in. And as long as I have a contract, <laughs> I'm good, which I'm have another, I'm good through next August on the contract wise. So and I actually have a new partner for preseason and I like to take a little bit of pride in this because the people in Detroit, you know, they make the choice, but they asked me for some recommendations mm-hmm. and they didn't take my recommendation before, but they took it this year. A young guy named Brandon Godden. Now, the people will know who Brandon is because Brandon is the voice of Madden football. Oh, okay. Every week. Well, some people will know. So yeah, well, I certainly I, don't know. But I think certain people, I mean, people you know the popularity are, of the Madden game, right? Uh, so. Of course, yeah, it's slightly popular. Also, Brandon uh, does a lot of work as James Laurinaitis' partner oh, okay. on the Big Ten Network. Very good. And uh, we'll do probably three or four NFL games um, a year. I actually did a game with Brandon last year when Tom was up with Troy doing a game. So uh, it's it's an exciting year. I talked to Brandon last night. We got the preseason schedule. So the line we're only getting three out of four, which is a bummer because ESPN, some, every year it seems like somebody has to take the Lions. When you take the Lions, you don't understand you're taking money out of my pocket. That's right. Don't do that. So uh, we're go- it's New England, Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets. And the Jets one is on ESPN, which I don't understand why they're doing that but okay whatever thanks yeah i don't quite get that either i do get the fact that hemisphere coffee roasters is a company you need to know about mr spielman has a box of you got their hunter's blend and uh what's the other variety that you have today Uh, the uh fine folks at hemisphere keeping mr spielman house blend house blend i haven't had hunter's blend Blend. you've had uh, the jamaica me crazy you've had the java blues java blues yes so hemisphere coffee roasters with many different flavors uh, they buy direct from growers in Nicaragua, Thailand, and Indonesia, Sumatra, whole bean or ground. They roast it to order, if you like it that way. Yeah. Light, medium, and dark roast. Single origin. They have blends. They have flavor-added coffee. They have everything. I dropped some off at our new uh, partners, Willis Spangler Starling, this week. Looking Saw the forward to hearing what they um, think of the coffee and the chocolate. And the chocolate uh, they have is, uh, some of it is keto, uh, pick your buzzword, keto-friendly, non-GMO, no sugar added, kosher. <laughs> it's amazing. Gluten it is amazing. Free. Gluten. It's gluten-free, <laughs> yes, it's all that. So order online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Get 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. Or just note in the comments section, you're a Spielman and Hooley listener, and they will donate 20% to COVID-19 relief. So we appreciate Andy and Paul and Grace. And they're wonderful people. We were over there this week picking up your coffee and um, a special uh, gift for uh, Willis Spangler Starling. And speaking of COVID-19 relief, get those nominations in. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Before we get to OSU wrestling coach Tom Ryan, now would be a good time to draw our four winners for COVID-19 relief. And each he- person will receive $250. Yeah, here we go. The first one. Nicholas Cianciello. Nicholas Cianciello, fantastic. And from Nic- Alabama. I Nicholas believe. says he's uh, nominating his sister in law and her husband, Bob, who are in the healthcare industry in Alabama. Boyce Lancaster. Boyce Lancaster uh, nominating a friend, Meredith Harrison. Meredith Harrison says uh, she is uh, nominating her sister, Kara who has uh, two children, and her husband, the sister's husband, is in law school. Imagine they have need uh, at this time with all the precautions. Uh, Dave Gregory. Dave Gregory is our final winner. Uh, Dave is nominating uh, Mario. I remember this. Uh, Mario runs a uh, Mexican restaurant in Oxford, Michigan. That's great. Isn't that cool that we we can do this all around? Yes, it is. It's absolutely cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. I hope Mario did well on Cinco de Mayo. I went through driving by some restaurants. Mm-hmm. We tried to order online. It's like a two-hour wait, three-hour really? wait. Really? Well, that's my, great news. Well, yeah. Then I then on Sawmill, there are two Taco Bells on Sawmill. One up off by Byers Dublin Mazda Subaru, good friend Mark Lobb. There you go. Great Law service man. up there. Mm-hmm. And then there's one down closer to Henderson, the Taco Bell. And both of the lines were wrapped around. It's just amazing. Well, great. Yeah, so you need to get out more. I, I and by the way, have, I don't have an uh, appreciation for the relevance or the popularity of Cinco de Mayo. Well, it, you know, I know it's it, May fifth. Yeah, I know, it's you know Mexican what, Independence Day, right? Yeah, in who they beat? 
Uh, the Mayans. The French. Okay. Like I said, I was close. Okay. Well, that's, you know. The French? Yeah. I believe it was. Well, you know, like I was saying earlier about beating sure my daughter. I'm sure be corrected, yes. Beating my daughter at one-on-one, I'd lighten up on the gloating over beating the French, Mexico. <laughs> French used to be tough. They did? Hey, by the way, the French was a pretty good friend during the American Revolution, my friend. Yes, Lafayette. Did you know that? We are here. Did yes. you know that? I did know that. All right. Yes, I did. Did you wear a mask at Costco yesterday? I didn't go to Costco yesterday. Oh, you didn't? I will have to wear a mask at Costco. It's not optional. You have to wear a mask at Costco. Okay. All right, quickly, I want to read this email, and then I'm going to call. Well, no, let's do this. Tell the people what you like about Jim Harbaugh's proposal to alter the NFL draft. Now, go through it and, you know, tell people what he proposes. And uh, while you're doing that, uh, I will call OSU wrestling coach Tom Ryan, and we'll get Tom Ryan on the phone. Okay. All right, so Jim Harbaugh did this interview with ESPN yesterday, and I read through it, and I liked it. It said, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh wrote an open letter to regarding the changes we'd like to see with the NFL draft. Harbaugh comes at the draft uh, from two interesting, if not wholly unique, angles. First up, he believes players should be able to declare at whatever age they feel ready, rather than after the mandated three years out of high school currently in place um second he believes that players who get on drafted should be allowed to return to school we have seen both these possibilities brought up so in other words he has two choices and i've been a proponent of this forever um i think a player not everybody's cut out for college i think you've heard me say that many times yes i have and you know if a guy thinks he can get drafted in the nfl he can get drafted in the nfl um and the other thing is, if you don't get drafted, why can't you go back to school? I've never understood that rule. Yeah. I have no idea why that rule exists. Like Nobody's ever explained it to grand me. Grand offense against the NCAA. Yeah. Well, you've renounced your amateurism, yeah. so and we so, have no and, space for you anymore. The other issue that I'm concerned about is that last night, without a government bailout, uh, it looks to seem to be that the CFL, the Canadian Football League, may fold because, uh, or at least they might have to, they're considering canceling of the season if they can't have fans, because unlike the NFL, where there's a multiple in- income sources, mm-hmm. I think the CFL, you know, counts a lot on having fans at their games, and I'm not sure that's going to be the case. So again, we'll see how that plays out. That would be very sad news, especially for a friend of mine, uh, in Chris Fry, Played at Upper Arlington, played at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I'm a really good friend with his father's, and my son played with his son at Upper Arlington. He plays for Hamilton. That would be um, sad news to see. But another something will spring up from that, whether it's the XFL getting going again, or we'll see what happens. But Tom Ryan will have all the answers. Tom we should, Ryan we should will put have him all in the charge answers. of fighting COVID because there's not many guys tougher than Tom Ryan. No, there is not. Tom Ryan is the wrestling coach at Ohio State, and it's uh, our pleasure to welcome him to the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Tom, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Great to have you with us. Um, yeah, good to be with you guys. Uh, I uh, familiarize myself. I know your story, but I familiarize myself more with your story in the last uh, 24 hours by listening to you on a couple of podcasts. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to talk with you about all kinds of things. Chris and I talk a lot about leadership. We talk a lot about, you know, being faithful fathers and husbands. And we talk about motivation and team culture and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the thing that I thought I'd start talking with you about is, first of all, everybody wants to know a question that has uh, maybe more of a genuine meaning now, meaning now than it had in the past where we just flippantly say, how you doing? Now when we say how you doing, it has more meaning because everybody is struggling with adapting to the situation that we're in. So how are you doing and how are the uh, how, how are you operating in this period where you can't really work with your wrestlers in the summertime like you normally would? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, uh, you know, I have it a lot better than most people. We have, I'm an empty nester, so my kids are out. So the house is peaceful. I can't imagine having a, a bunch of kids and running around the house all day, which... Which at one point I loved, I loved my kids running around the house, and I thought I couldn't. How, you know, how can how can life move on with when your kids are out of the house? And now that they're out of the house, I don't want them back. Hey, listen, dude. Right, so. All you got to do is come over to my house, right? <laughs> because there seems that they seem right. to be multiplying, and all of a sudden everybody thinks <laughs> it's a good idea to get a brand new puppy during quarantine. So not yeah, right. only am I surrounded by kids and minions. 
just take, take, take. <laughs> like they think there's an endless food supply that they just eat oh, every God, time I'm I sure. go to the store. Then all of a sudden there's three new dogs in my house. I can't take it. So yes, I appreciate your empty nesting thing. And by the way, in the middle of this, I'm moving. So there's another issue going on. <laughs> I had oh, to get yeah, that but- off my chest, Tom. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but he's very selfless. It's not all about him. Remember, it's not all about him. Of course not. They eat you. all my food. They're nonstop. It's so nice. It's nice to know that I have Triscuits in the closet. When I come home, I have Triscuits in the closet, man. No kids. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, I know well, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been, you know, I mean, a lot of people are really experiencing the hurt of it, man. Uh, you know, you know, I think the challenge is, is to try to be, you know, be productive in the midst of it. I mean, some people are on the front line and I, you know, I, I think as competitors, we're used to being in the, in the mix of things and helping and, and it's like, I mean, the best way I can help is to stay home. That's, that's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow for people that think like we do. So, but well, you have, limits. you know, you're an empty nester, but you've got a bunch of guys that I know you take very seriously, your role as a mentor in their life, as a developer of their talent. And as I know, you care a lot more about developing them in ways other than just in their wrestling abilities, but that's important too. It has to be important in the league you're in. Cause man, I, I mean, we can talk about the sec West in football, Tom, we can talk about the big 10 in basketball. I don't know that there's a more competitive league in America than yeah. wrestling in the big 10, where it seems like every, every team in the top five is a big 10 team. Yeah, the Big Ten is a great conference. You know, it's well supported. Uh, just a lot of tough people in the Midwest, right? Northeast, a big sport in the Northeast, Midwest. So, uh, yeah, blessed to be in the Big Ten. Blessed to coach Ohio State. Uh, and yeah, you know, we're we're you know the biggest the biggest challenge right? just missing your guys. You know, for 28 years straight, this is the longest break I've had in 28 years. 20 years at this time, you're in the room, you know, three hours a day with people that are chasing something that's worthy of chasing, right? Being elite and being the best that they can be. So. You know, I miss them a lot. We Zoom, you know, we Zoom, we have leadership meetings. You know, we, 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 we can hold them account. There's a couple of apps out there that are just amazing. These Strava apps where you can, you can track how much they're running and what they're doing. Because Chris knows this as well, and I know you do too. Uh, you know, the, the bottom line is, is uh, you, know, and I, you know, how much you're willing to suffer, right? In the midst of this, you, gotta, you, can't, be, you can't be get caught on the couch. You've got to be suffering. And in and, and April and May, of 20 will certainly have an impact on the best team in America in March of, of uh, 21. So we're trying to keep them uh, keep them motivated and, and uh, make sure they're staying ready. What are they doing, Tom? It's just interesting because we talk about social distancing. So wrestling is a, the total opposite of everything regarding social distancing. Are they? How, what are they doing as, as far as to be able to do actual training with partners? Is that something that can be done via making sure everybody's healthy or do they have people that they can train with? How have your guys adapted in that area? Yeah. So March 11th, the room shut down, you know, we were getting ready. We were, we were seven days away from the start of the NCAA tournament. Uh, as you, you know, I know you followed the team and I know that, you know, we had, we had two guys ranked number one, right. more Pletcher. We had Sasser. I thought was going to win. I thought we were going to win three of 10 weight classes, a bunch of other guys placing. And, uh, they, you know, you, you, you get a call and it's over. Right in the middle of practice, oh, uh, you guys have you guys have uh, we they had about 48 hours had their stuff out of the lockers, out of the facility, and uh, you know the challenge, you know the challenge is not everybody has a wrestling mat. So all our guys are home now across the country. Um, some of them have partners that they work out with, you know, just just uh, it's a one-on-one small group situation. But the room is shut down, so it's a lot of running. Right, you you got to adapt, you got to be creative, you got to find ways to. You know, get uncomfortable and get that feel <clears throat> that you can get. You know, only usually only get the wrestling, but but so it's the running, it's weight jackets. So some of these guys have weight jacks and stance in motion, and it's the creative guys that will come out of this. You know, we'll, we'll, it, March will March will reveal the most creative, uh, disciplined people uh, through this quarantine, and uh, so it's a challenge. Tom Ryan, OSU wrestling coach, is our guest here on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. And, you know, Tom, you mentioned, I thought it's interesting, not very many people would frame practice as suffering because suffering is a word that we, you know, kind of recoil from. It's like, nah, no thanks on that. Uh, you know, hard work, dedication, those are the ways that we sort of paint suffering with a more uh, friendly label. 
But uh, you've written a book, Chosen Suffering. It's more than uh, suffering and wrestling. You've gone through uh, the kind of challenges in your life that nobody wants to go through. Uh, but your journey is extremely inspiring and encouraging. But talk about that, uh, what that term means to you, why you chose that title for your book, and uh, you know how applicable it is uh, to your life and to what you think is a very useful uh, approach to life. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know, suffering is 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 uh, chosen suffering <clears throat> is a term that uh, I think to your point, it's it's like, it's like a wow factor word, like what chosen suffering, and you know, I, often you get you get the parents so the you know, does my kid have what it takes to, to, to you know, compete, you know, for Ohio State? You know, do they have what it takes? And the answer is how much are they willing to suffer, right? And suffer is just, it's just a powerful word for love and sacrifice. You know, chosen love, chosen sacrifice doesn't hit as hard as, as hard as, you know, chosen suffering. And, you know, a lot of my life and every, any, any elite person I've been around, you know, they've chosen to do the hard things. Uh, they've chosen uh, to get uncomfortable and, you know, our hearts want to stay to beat a 60 beats a minute, and we got to get it up to 180 beats a minute, right? So we got to get uncomfortable. So that's chosen suffering, and there's unchosen suffering, which I know that I know that Chris has experienced. And Bruce, I know you have three girls. I don't know, you know, much about you personally, but I know you have have three girls, and and any one of us would would gladly surrender our life for the lives of our children. Amen. And it was right, and it was the uh, the loss of my five-year-old son that really brought me to my knees. And what happened, I would say, was, you know, when we can't, you know, when you lose a football game or when you lose a basketball game, or you lose a wrestling match, you can, you can, you can explain you, the data to figure out the why, you know, mm -hmm. what went wrong, the why. And when you lose a child, for me, he was five and I couldn't figure out the why. The why just didn't make sense. Right. Why? Why, why did this happen? And where is he? And where is he going? And, 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 and I realized that this empty space in me. Right? There's an empty space in all of us, and we try to fill it with all these things. We try to fill it with drugs and sex and, and alcohol and winning and trophies, and it just, it, it just can't fill it. Right? And it made me explore a deeper meaning of life, and I actually got Chris's text this morning. I'm on his text list about his ways are greater than our ways, and uh, you know, just, it, it made me stop the, the, you know, the, the, the world and quiet the world and just think deeper about, about life, why I'm here, where I'm going, and and I found, uh, I found something that, that can fill the space and will fill it through anything, through a quarantine, through the loss of a child, through the loss of a, of a wife, which, which I've never experienced. So that's pretty much where the genesis of chosen suffering and unchosen suffering. Well, when you, when you talk about that, Tom, I think there's um, a general peace. And even how I th some people handle quarantine and... I know what works for Bruce. I know what works for Tom Ryan is once you come to that understanding and through Christ and through God and understanding that there's something, and I don't want to be cliche here, but there's something better that, as Bruce likes to say, we don't hold on to life by white knuckles. We don't want to die. <laughs> we don't want to, you know, yeah, we, right, right. we don't want to leave anybody. But I think there's a... a uh, a non-fear for me at least i can only speak for myself in this regard there's not a fear factor of me dying I, i'm not afraid to die now i don't want to leave my kids behind i don't want to do all that stuff but as far as oh you know i have something to look forward to when i die and that gives me great peace and gives me an eternal perspective and i think that's one thing that i've always held on to and I'm uh, hopefully yeah. that's something that you hold on to. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, I mean, and I think Chris, I think you know the the it, it's hard to right, until something touches us personally, it's hard to comprehend it. Right. Right. We don't really so so. I mean, when you're touched like you were touched, like I've been touched, and and you know for the most part, no one gets off the planet without being touched by something that's going to bring them some pain. Uh, you know, until you're touched with it, you, you know, you know, losing a wrestling match, losing in the national finals, or my team taking second a couple times, right? That didn't cause me to be curled up in a ball begging for mercy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I, mean, I know that feeling. Yeah, right. No, right. It was disappointing. It, it was, it was, it was. You know, sometimes it's heartbreaking and it's and it's it's difficult, but it's not tragic, right? It's not tragic, and tragic is 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 you know, what we both experienced, and. 
uh, you know, when you're in that position, you 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 actually quiet all. So so our faith, our faith is logical. You know, that would be that would be like it's 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 logical. I went through a process of of considering chance, pure chance or pure God. And when we slow the world down enough to measure each and assess each, one makes one has has as many data points as the other and and I chose God. Right. It's interesting. So it's real. Heaven's yeah. real, man. I'm like heaven's real. Like like listen, if, if if God never answers another one of my prayers, he's still real. What's that? He it doesn't nothing nothing can change my mind about the things that I found and the thing we know Jesus lived, we know he walked on the earth, we know he resurrected. There's no proof he hasn't resurrected. So what do you do with it? You pretend it was I mean, it wasn't real. Like this conversation never happened. Look, there's data. You find the podcast. There's data. We spoke. We spoke today. Fifty years from now, you know, you can yeah. you can prove that this guy. So so anyway, that that that's it for me. Like like a lot of people, Chris, and maybe when you were going through your heart, it was like, well, you needed this to land on. Listen, I didn't need this to land on. Right. I mean, sure, I needed it, but I needed it if it wasn't true, I wouldn't have landed on it. That's you know, a, so. that's the thing that I've experienced with with people, and I know you've talked. I mean, you and I have talked about this, and we've actually we've had a platform, I guess, to share our individual stories uh, with people, and through writings, and and Bruce, of course, helped me write a book called "That's Why I'm Here." But I think um, it. I want people to get to that sense of acceptance that Tom Ryan and Chris Spielman are at and that they can see us as hope because when somebody suffers tragedy, whether it's a loss of a child or loss of a spouse, that sometimes the despairs can be so overwhelming. And so I've always tried to consider, uh, I don't judge where anybody is, right? We can't do that. But I want to be a vision of that you can come out of this and you can smile again, and you can laugh again, and you can enjoy life again, and you can handle other disappointments in life or other challenges in life with a much better perspective. And I think that's one of the goals that I try to achieve. But what I admire what you did and what I did and what Bruce's did is, and what we're trying to get people that are interested is that, okay, I kind of know what I believe but why do I believe it? And so you being a competitor challenged yourself on, I need to know why I believe this. So you actually invested in why yeah, you believe yeah. something, correct? I mean, you're just not going to believe no, it because so somebody powerful. tells you. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's so powerful. It's so powerful. And in, 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 in this book I wrote, I talk about the gap, right? There's a chasm between believing and committing. You know, it's like, you know, there's a, there, there's a big gap between the two. You know, I believe that this is, I believe that, you know, there's, a, there's, an, there's, you know, there's an action side needed. Like, look, I, I kind of always believed there was a God, right? I always believed there yeah. was something, you know, right. more. And then, and then I believed it, and until I was hit with something that was so bone-aching painful, I never committed to it, to assess, to, committed, to, committed to the thought of my belief, committed to it. And... And it caused me in the midst of just heartache to say, look, I'm, I'm going to look into this disbelief. I'm going to assess this belief. I'm going to put some action to this belief. And I committed to it. I mean, because, because it's, it's, it's real. It would be, it would be you know, I got plenty of guys on my team that believe our system is good, right? We've all been around people that believe, I, I believe lifting in the morning. I believe this. I believe, well, how about you commit to it? Right. Mm. right? There's, a, there's, a, there's a big gap between the two. And, uh, and, it, and, and the loss of tea caused me to cross the gap, right? And look into it, look into my belief and, and be able to say without question, there is no question in my mind that God is real. You know, Tom, and we're talking with Tom Ryan, OSU wrestling coach. That is so powerful. Um, and Chris and I, the, the mission of our podcast is, you know, we've, we've built an audience over the years of talking sports and that's something we like, it's good. But, but our bigger mission when we started this was to hopefully find guys who they want to be better. Your wrestlers want to be better. Sometimes they don't know how, and it's, you know, there's this weird dynamic with seeking God that it's kind of uncomfortable to admit that. It's uncomfortable to walk into a church. It's uncomfortable to, you know, be transparent. 
the podcast format in the privacy of your car, mowing the lawn, whatever, gives you the opportunity to do that without other people watching. And we hope we can like call men to just uh, maybe be more accountable, be more, be more committed, bridge that chasm. You mentioned uh, what I thought was an awesome word. It's a process, pure choice or pure God, I think you said. That was the choice. Mm-hmm. You knew it was one or the yep. other. Chris and I have talked about that here. And some guys who are uh, maybe doubters, it's hard yeah. to get them to. It's hard to get them convinced with the Bible because they're like, "Well, you're coming at me with something that you're using something I don't believe in to prove something you want me to believe in." So Chris yeah, and I, Chris and I've talked about methods where people can in, can investigate and read books like um, "Evidence That Demands a Verdict," uh, yeah. "Mere uh, What Mere Christianity,", Mere Christianity uh, Lee Strobel's book, "The Case for Christ." I was listening to the pod, one of the podcasts you did, uh, wrestling podcast, and you talk a lot about books. You're a guy who reads a lot, and you talked about some books, The Four Agreements, and some other books that you've read that have been powerful to you. Can you talk about the process you went through, and was it, I know you dug into the scriptures, but was it just the Bible that convinced you the Bible is real, or was there another book that I could, we could tell people, yeah. hey, you know, look into this if you don't want to yeah. use the Bible to validate the truth of Christ— Look into this. What process is there? Anything in that process you went through that you could tell men who might be interested but doubtful of the Bible itself? Yeah, man, that's a great question, and I think I think we're inherently right. People, humans change change two things, right? Two two things: either pleasure or pain, right? And and until here's the problem, right? Until something touches someone so personally that that they want to do something about it, it's hard. It's hard to get them. It's hard to get them to move in a direction. I was hit so. Listen, I sat on a bus. I tell a story about. I sat on a bus for, for almost ten hours next to a priest in college on the way back from Iowa. Right, he talking about God. I was twenty years old. I was my God. Listen, I knew there was a God, but I wasn't willing to commit to there being a God. When I when it hit me so hard, the only way I could move forward was to find the answer. Right, and people are busy living. They, things are going well for them, right? So until they're rocked, for for whatever reason, most aren't willing to explore. I I, I don't trust anybody, believe anybody that does not have deep studying behind what it is they're talking about, right? Everyone has an opinion, right? I chose to go to the University of Iowa because the guy won 26 straight Big Ten titles and 15 national. <laughs> That's why I went to wrestle for him. He had my trust, right? I listened to him every word he said. I believed him and I acted on it. I committed to it, right? And 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 that's when progress occurred, right? Trust is 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 trust precedes progress, right? So what happened for me was I was in so much pain. I, nothing meant more to me. It was my priceless. One hour before I lost my son, my priceless was hey my family, winning a national championship at Hofstra, you know, or mentoring my guys. Within 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 about 24 hours of his death. Um, my priceless completely changed. It was where is he? It was where is he? So priceless, right? So precious, its value can't be determined. So precious, its value can't be determined. It was. It, it meant everything to me. So, so I started to research people, what they believed that were way smarter than me. I, I jokingly, I, I'm nice. I had, I had a 24 in my ACT. I want to go to the guy's mind that had a. Give me the guy that had a 35. What does he think? You know, Lee Strobel was one for me because he graduated at Yale Law School, top of Yale Law School. He was an atheist. C.S. Lewis, an atheist. What changed these brilliant minds? Why did they end their, you know, lives? And Lee's life's not over. And Lee, Lee is actually writing the foreword on the book for me. I met him. Uh, he saved me. I mean, his books, The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith. But the first thing I did was I surrendered. I surrendered to my yeah. thinking and said, let me, let me just open my mind to something and, and learn. And it was all about the right the, the, the pursuit of wisdom first. I wasn't pursuing God. It wasn't like hey, God's real. That wasn't my, my journey. My journey was let me pursue wisdom, and I'll take all that wisdom. I looked into evolution. I had 50 DVDs on evolution. When I came home at night from work at Hofstra, I popped in a DVD on evolution. On the way to work, I would listen to Charles Stanley. I would listen to, to, to atheists. I would listen to, to Christians. I explored it all. At the end of the day, I had a piece of paper that had a list of things about it, about, about chance and a list of things about God and Jesus Christ. And it was, it was, e- it, honestly, it was easy. I think the biggest piece for me, once, once I got into the gospel, John, 
I read John, and 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 what what moved me the most, aside from all the facts, I had I had facts right. from Lee Strobel. I mean, he he put, he poured his life into studying the facts. Why would I go study the the? I just went to the guy that looked into it. So so the ultimate thing for me, and Chris, probably for you and Bruce, you could, it was it was love. When I read John, I was crying. I remember being upstairs in my bedroom. You know, it, this was probably a week after we lost our our son, who was healthy, no warning signs. He was five years old. And it was pure integrity, pure love. It, it just, it just, it just overwhelmed me. I never felt the love that I felt reading the pages of John. Uh, so it was a process. And, and I think the thing for me, which I, I just like to end, and this will comment with, is I am a still, I'm a broken man. Listen, I love Christ. Just because I may not make every decision as perfect, right? I use him as a, as a, as a platform. He's my, he's my guiding, he's my guiding light. He's the lamp to my feet, right? But I'm a human. I say things I shouldn't say sometimes. I do things I shouldn't do. That has that has nothing, right? That has nothing. I mean, just ask my wife, right? Uh, but has nothing to do with whether he's real or not. There's nothing to do. The two are un- the two the two are unconnected, right? We know examples are greatest teacher. I I want to be a perfect example every time. But I'm not God. I'm I'm Tom, and I'm broken and I'm flawed. But but to but, but to connect the fact that there is no God and religion is this or that is crazy. Because he's real despite my actions. It's interesting. Um, wow, that you say you had the moment right where you where you knew it was real. Where where you had this overwhelming feeling when you're reading John and you're up in your room reading John after week after your son died, where that was kind of that was kind of like. Not the finality, but kind of like the exclamation point or the justification or the verification, maybe validation that you might have that you needed. And I don't know if that's true or not, but here I'll share my story with you that. uh, And I don't know if I've told you this or not, Tom, before, but, you know, the uh, night that I knew that um, was in March, actually. that St- I had to run Stephanie to the emergency room, and that night um, we found out that it cancer had spread to her brain and inside her spinal fluid. And I had a chat with the doctor afterward, basically saying, you know, it's probably it, right? And um, you know, Stephanie had such peace about this, right? I didn't, right? I'm in panic mode. So I finally leave the emergency room. I go home, and I lay down, and I fall asleep for an hour or something. Then I actually had a voice speak to me, and it woke me up. And it was more than it wasn't a dream. It actually woke me up. I don't know, Bruce, if you remember us writing about that. I do very well. And it's it, it said to me, no matter what, Chris. I promise you, things are going to be okay. Trust me. And uh, ever since I've experienced that voice, and like you said, nobody can tell me that there's not a God. Now, you're lucky enough to have the experience of reading John where you felt this overwhelming, unconditional love for you, where it almost feels like, I don't have to be Tom Ryan, the perfect father, Tom Ryan, the perfect husband, Tom Ryan, the perfect wrestling coach, right? You don't have to do that. You try. You have a, you have a guide, guidepost. You have your your gold standard. But for me, it was like this um, fear of how am I going to take care of all these kids? What am I going to do? I mean, w- w- this my my eight my 30s or i'll be honest i mean this is i'll be completely honest my 30s i don't remember my 30s my 30s are lost my 30s were full of worry all the time when's the next cancer going to hit so when i woke up with that voice that changed my life that i now have that uh peace that transcends all understanding which talks about in philippians 4 so I just think it's interesting that there's this one point that I think God gives us to, to yeah, you, yeah. You, you got it. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Yeah. It'll be okay. 
yeah, I believe in the voice. I mean, I had things happen to me that if someone's, if, if someone, you know, they'd be like, listen, man, that's a, that's a euphoric emotion or something. Listen, I, I know it. All I know is that I know I was in, in the, in the, in the darkest place I've ever been in. Oh, right. And yes. I, right, right. We're in the oh. darkest place I've ever been. In, right. And I know this, I know that he lifted me. He lifted the entire situation. There's no other explanation for it. I could, you know, now, Chris, we have the right, we, we have the blessing of, 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 of double vision, right? We have the moment we were in, and now we can look back on our lives. I look back on my life, and I look at the scenarios, situations that happened to me in my life. There's only one explanation to where I am now. And to your point about, you know, I had three other kids. I mean, my three, my I two, I two, uh, two older boys, uh, one was 11 and one was eight, and my daughter was three, and they're watching me, you know, they're watching me do, do, do CPR on him. Mm. On the on the on the on the uh, on the coffee table in the center of our house, and then they're screaming. I had to, you know, so many people that that are that are in a, in a state of of heartbreak. They stop living. They just stop living, and and all the people around them suffer because of it. If there if there was no God, I would still, I would still have moved forward. To your point, right? I would still have, listen. My kids, these kids want to live a normal life for as much as they can. I owe it to them. It's my it's my it's yeah. my responsibility. Right. So no matter what, you find a way through it. But I don't I have the gift now looking back and saying, listen, I don't know if I if I if I if I really would have not knowing that there's a creator and there's a God and looking into this, you know, so it's given me incredible hope. But it's but it's like it's factual hope. It's not like this, you know, pie in the sky craziness. It's crazy to think that we could actually have formed from nothing. Nothing started this. And now we're on this beautiful planet walking around human beings. It's hard to fathom that. To me, it's harder to fathom that than as a God that created it. I mean, it's one or the other, right? One's true, one's false. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be one, you know. So well, we we always say on this podcast, and to you know, look, we nobody, Bruce and I, and Tom Ryan to our listeners. We don't want you to take our faith. We want you to make your faith your own. But we do say, if you're right and I'm wrong, I have nothing to lose. But if I'm right, right and you're wrong, you have yeah. everything to lose. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no no, no no a truer statement Absolutely. that's been made. Uh, Tom, your book, I can't wait to read it. Um, Chosen suffering, and I know you have an event. I think you have an event coming up May 17th. Is that still on? Because I know people are going to hear this podcast and people who know your story and know your success at OSU national champs 2015, top three ever since. Uh, can learn a lot from your life lessons and from the many things you've said. Uh, so tell me about the future of the book, how people can get the book and whether this event May 17th is going to happen. Yeah. So May 17th, there'll be a, a Facebook live, uh, just kind of reveal about the book. We'll talk about some of the, some of the things in the book like we have today. Um, and there's uh, you know, I'm going to sign every, every pre-purchased copy, uh, pre-bought copy. The book won't be out until, until uh, middle of the summer, um, but uh, but we're going to have a little you know discussion about it. And anybody that that pre-orders the book, it's chosensuffering.com. Mm-hmm. That's the website, chosensuffering.com. But uh, you know anybody that, um, that pre-orders it will get a twelve it's a twelve month training plan. It's funny. Dan Gable was my college coach who who was who would be like you know John Wooden, right of of wrestling. Yes. And, or Woody Hayes. How about yeah. or Woody Hayes? Right. <laughs> Right. More. Thank you. Absolutely, Woody Hayes. Thank you. You can you can you can, you can double leg me later. So, so so he handed out when I was in college. When I so I transferred there. You know, I, I, I some people know I, I started. I was on a full scholarship at Syracuse with my brother, and I decided to transfer and leave. And I walked on at Iowa, and and I met guests because of Gable. Right. I wanted to be with Gable. So so anyway, he handed out a packet, a 12-month training plan that gave us an, an aerial view of how to train on an annual basis. So recently he was on a podcast and he's, and they were asking him, you know, tell us about your annual training plan. He goes, well, he goes, I can't find it. I think Ryan stole it. <laughs> he's, you know, he's joking. Well, I'm like, so, so now, so now people are looking for it and I have it. He gave it to everybody. Yeah. Gave it every guy team. I kept it. I kept it from 1989. It's That's like, awesome. Coach, what do you think I did? Like, like, you know, you know, broke in your office at night, went under the desk and found your training plan. And, you know, and so anyway, so I'm going to share that with everybody. And uh, so, yeah, May 17th is going to happen. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll certainly promote it on here, Tom. Absolutely. And, and uh, I encourage everybody to, to listen to Tom and, and his story. And God has put him in a position of leadership for, for a reason. 
And uh, I do want to share this. It's interesting. Chosen suffering. Um, I don't. I don't know if you remember me telling you, or maybe Mac has told you about uh, Macy, who's my daughter, who's a basketball player at Bowling Green. She blew her ACL out, and she's in the in the midst of of training and coming back and rehabbing. She's 100% healthy. And once they get going up there for basketball, she's going to play. But, you know, coming back from an ACL, there's a lot of things that go through a young kid's mind. As you know, you've had your uh, wrestlers come back from injury. And she suffers sometimes in rehab, right? Because it's painful, it's hard, getting back in shape, all that stuff. And and I used uh, a wrestling thing, and I said, you know, when when you're training every day for training, you have to work hard. But every day doesn't have to be wrestling practice. And so, what I was trying to say to her that the wrestling is a different animal. And Bruce has heard me say this many times on this show. Nobody, <laughs> nobody knows what it takes unless you've been in there or. Mm. I didn't wrestle as a kid, but I've been over to watch your guys train, and I, I've talked to your guys, and nobody understands the mental toughness that it takes to be a wrestler. Nobody, because it's just there's nowhere to hide, right? There is nowhere to hide on that mat. It's you and the other guy, and that's it. There's nowhere to hide. There's no one to blame. There's no other reason. On a football field, Tom, I always say, guys, sometimes guys are be, the, be are afraid to be the reason why they win or they're afraid to be the reason why they lose. You see that on a basketball court. On a wrestling court, on a wrestling mat, there's nowhere to hide. Is that right? That's the beauty of it. Yeah, that, yeah that's fair, Chris. But I would say that, you know, I mean, to be, to be, I mean, my, my dream was to be in the NBA. Right. That was my big dream. Right. But I think that people, you know, people, people are really smart, you know, and, and it was like, listen, my bread's not going to be buttered. I'm not stuffing anybody. anytime soon. Right. If anyone's in, I'm about five, nine and I couldn't shoot and I fouled a lot. So, so, so it was like every know, wrestler. Logic, right. Exactly. I mean, the logic thing for me was you're not going to be elite in football. I tried football. I, I got run over. I actually, I got run over. Chris, I got run over by a guy named Scotty Graham. Oh, I know Scotty. Oh, yes. He, he retired me from football. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, why, I, weigh, I weighed like uh, about, about 95 pounds. He was about 160. <laughs> I think he had like 600 yards rushing in the game against Wontaw. And, and it was like, this isn't making sense to me. Right? I can find something that I can actually be really good at. And let me, let me go against somebody my own size. Right? So, so wrestling is just a nice sport because you know, you're weighing before. You're, you're, you go... Football to me, Chris, is, 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 is I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive fan. It's crazy to me. Running full speed into somebody uh, makes less sense to me than wrestling someone that you know where he is. He's your size because you saw him weigh in, right? So, but it is, it, it takes a lot, it you're, takes a lot of, uh, you know, suffering for sure. Well, yeah, and suffering, but you're right because every human instinct tells us not to run into something as hard as we can. Every human <laughs> instinct tells you not to do that, and so you're right. I agree with that on football because you have to train yourself to go against your natural survival instincts, right? Oh I, that's I mean, that's yeah, the you, beauty you, of it. You, you, you sped up when you hit somebody. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. It's so, well, fortunately, Sonny Spielman, my father, had the vision yeah, right. and had me start doing that stuff from the time I was walking. So, yes, he did see that yeah. coming. I so, mean, yeah. Well, Tom, it's been a great pleasure having you on. We really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, your message is extremely inspiring. I can't wait to read the book, Chosen Suffering. A website is chosensuffering.com. Tom Ryan, who's. Uh, getting the most out of the Ohio State wrestling program, but the wins, while they're great, uh, yep. secondary to the impact that you're making on, not just on your on your wrestlers, but on everybody who familiarizes himself with uh, your journey, uh, the things you've overcome, and the inspiration that you offer people. So we can't thank you enough for joining us this morning. Hey, great to be with you guys this morning. All right, God bless you, brother. Take care, man. All right, God bless, man. There Take you go. care, guys. Tom Ryan, Bye. Ohio State wrestling coach, joining us on the podcast. Man, is he a neat guy. Cannot wait to read his book, Chosen Suffering. ChosenSuffering.com. I do have to correct him on one thing, though. What's that? He said John uh, Dan Gable is the John Wooden of wrestling. Mm -hmm. Dan Gable, um, Olympic gold medalist, uh, two-time NCAA champion. And Wooden was a great basketball player, too, at Purdue, yeah. All-American. So they're, I'd say they're similar. As coaches, 
Oh, Dan here we Gable, go. Dan Gable, 21 Big Ten championships, 15 NCAA championships. And Tom Ryan was a member of at least yeah. one of Gable's uh, NCAA championships. 15 yeah, NCAA championships. 15. Are you going to do your normal? No, I'm not going to talk okay. about the Wooden Gilbert <laughs> era and how everything John Wooden won was tainted <laughs> because he cheated and he's played. I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. So we move on. Gable didn't have a bag man for the wrestling Gable team. did not have a bag man. For, <laughs> listening to Tom Ryan on the podcast that I listened to last night about yeah. when he arrived at Iowa, no, there was no bag man. He, said, <laughs> he told this story. He told this great story. He said, uh, you know, he went, and there's two great stories. I got to tell you. He goes, so he goes out there, and first practice, he's sitting in a corner. He's sitting over there like summer. He got there in summertime. And... Gable comes over to him, and, you know, Tom had wrestled and had, you know, yeah, been pretty successful at Syracuse. at Syracuse. Yeah, he's full ride at Syracuse. And he had, you know, he's not a guy that – so I don't know if Gable knew him or not, but Gable comes over and Tom introduced himself. I'm Tom, I'm here, you know, whatever. And Gable, and Gable goes, well, you're not going to get any better sitting there. <laughs> yeah. And so he put him in with these two twins who were smaller than him, and they – Went at it for uh, Tom said they went at it for like forty five minutes yeah. throwing each other around and you know it was a it was a a, a round table like you and I'd go and then you'd <laughs> go with the third guy and then the third guy'd go with me and you know bang 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 real fast and Tom said he just gassed he just waiting for Gable to like call a halt to it and right. Gable calls a halt to it and he comes over and he goes okay you guys warmed up yeah you ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> And Tom said they wrestled then for like 40 minutes. The first five went fine. The next 35, he got his head handed to him. He went out, he sat in his car, and he just cried. And he was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back to Syracuse? Or am I going to lean into it? And he yeah. that's life. His, his life is leaning into it. It's like chosen suffering. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then the other story he told, after he had been there a while and he worked progressively, lifted, ran, got strong, became, you know, an Iowa wrestler to where that kind of arduous workout was normal to him, Gable called him in and affirmed him in his progress and said, we got some scholarship money available. 300 bucks. 300 go. bucks. Like, 300 bucks is nothing. But right. Tom looked at it like, hey, he said, didn't matter if it was three hundred bucks or thirty million dollars. Like he he affirmed like my work was paying off. He wouldn't have given me the three hundred. That's all he had. So he gave yeah. me everything he had. So I thought those two stories were really cool about the young Tom Ryan, the determination, all those things. He didn't know then that he was going to marry, suffer the most excruciating loss any parent can suffer. I mean, a healthy five year old boy and it all out of the blue. That happens, and you know, then that set Tom on a journey that I would say, um, why God picks us for certain um, missions is um, don't know unknown, but he equips us for the mission. He does equip us, which leads me, if you don't mind. Um, Let me first say uh, that we want to thank our partners at Willis Spangler Starling for uh, joining the podcast. They are uh, similarly minded as we are. So, so are our partners at auiinfo.com in Akron. Um, we we like to represent Christian businesses and people who take a sacrificial attitude toward other people. Willis Spangler Starling, you'll find them online, willisattorneys.com, auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. If you're a small business now is a very difficult time for you. You're trying to find all kinds of, you know, compliance issues and what the state's going to require and health insurance and this and that and the other and helping your employees find, you know, all the benefits and all the things. It won't cost you any more in their license throughout the state of Ohio. So two good partners to know as a small businessman. Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys can handle any issues that you have as an individual or as a company and auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. Com. You gave me uh, Mr. Willis's card. Stan's card. I gave you Stan's yes. card. He doesn't like to be called Mr. Willis. I got uh, Stan's. He, said, he didn't say anything about the Mr. part. But he, All right. He, I got he, Mr. Stan's card. How's he that? did offer to buy lunch and have it at their uh, offices if uh, wow. you're uh, genuine in wanting to meet Stan. I do. And, uh, I, well, if I'm going to partner with him, I'd like to meet him just exactly. like I'd like to meet the people. Uh, at AUI Info? Uh, yeah. Well, in an hemisphere. If you're, coffee, ever, up, that's if you're okay. ever up in Canton, I would like to... Take you over to Mechanicsburg, Ohio. I dare say you've never been to Mechanicsburg, Ohio, and Hemisphere Coffee uh, Roasters' home. 
No, I have not. No. You've been to West Liberty, Ohio once. Yes. <laughs> High point in your life. Uh, yes, yes, it is, Bruce. <laughs> you were two-time state champion. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. surprised you didn't tell that story to Tom Wright. I did not. How you were chosen hey, suffering. Tom, you know, I have something to come. <laughs> yeah, <I did>. <laughs> <laughs> humility, yes. Yeah. A humble humility. You know the most, you know, your trip to West Liberty, Ohio. I got to say this. This is one of the one of the funniest things in the world. Chris Spielman, College Football Hall of Fame. And, and you weren't going to go and be the guest speaker, so I don't mean to insinuate that, you know. Right. They, they picked this other person over you. It just worked out. They have to have a guest speaker. And listen, the West Liberty Hall of Fame Athletic Banquet, they're not going to get, you know, Aaron Rodgers is right. not going to come and speak. Tom Brady's not going to come and speak. Chris Spielman typically not going to come and speak, although you were gracious that night and got up and spoke uh, afterward. But <laughs> while you sat, the guest speaker was an equipment manager from the Ohio State football team. Yeah. And I just thought that was like humbled. You didn't say anything about it, but yeah. I was sitting there. I thought, hmm, this is kind of an interesting yeah. dichotomy. The All American is sitting here by me and my parents. What was insufferable was all your guys' acceptance speeches. Not, not my guys' acceptance <laughs> speeches. You know whose acceptance speech was insufferable. It's long. It was not I'm insu- not going to say it was not insufferable. It's long. It's it was just so just, long. It was, it was, it was pronounced, yes. It was quite pronounced. <laughs> Started in the freshman year and. Ended up oh, in the I was like, come on. Yeah, it started please, started in Genesis of, and ended in Revelation, that acceptance another, speech. And the, the beautiful thing about West Liberty <laughs> Salem Hall of Fame banquet, it's a covered dish, so everybody brings something, which was good. I don't think so. I think it was catered. Was it catered? It was maybe. You guys catered. went all out. Yeah. We, uh, lost, we lost consciousness about halfway through the speech, uh, the acceptance speech. I haven't the, heard by the from football our player. athletic director friend. Is you he haven't? Still, is he still the athletic director? He is. Yeah. Jake. Jake's still the AD. Jake. Yes, he is. All right. So I interrupted the uh, no, faith portion of the podcast to get uh, our homage to our sponsors in, who you know, we appreciate very much, and we uh, hope you'll patronize them. AUINFO.com, Willis Spangler Starling online at WillisAttorneys.com, and HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com for the best coffee you'll ever taste. So I was validated this morning uh, by Tom Ryan mm. in the sense that, I don't know if you noticed, he said that Chris sends a scripture every morning. Mm-hmm. So I have list of people that I send a scripture to. And I started doing this as my personal mission, I guess, missionary work where, you know, I don't, I don't have to go to China to run an underground church when I can do something for my neighbor next door. Mm -hmm. So somebody told me that one time and I took it seriously. So I started compiling a list of people that I send these scriptures to and i don't know if they read them or don't read them right i just don't know because i know ne- I, re- I don't get any feedback on them i might get an amen from somebody here mm-hmm. or there mm-hmm. so tom actually read it and this particular scripture touched him mm-hmm. this morning so i will share it with you and to our listeners the wind blows where it pleases you hear the sound but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. That's John 3, 8. So, I mean, what better description than that of what we're going through today? We don't know. The wind is going to go where it's going to go. It's going to go where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, God has said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. <clears throat> Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. Your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55 eight and nine and i'll end with this it is god who has made us and given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come second corinthians 5 5 god has poured out his love into our hearts by the holy spirit and that's what tom was talking about Mm -hmm. about what was missing in his life whom he has given us romans 5 5 so the cool thing is and in this time of uncertainty in you know, I the last Monday and Wednesday, I was grumpy because there was no, it, it seemed like there was, <clears throat> excuse me, no direction, mm-hmm. um, no guidance. I mean, we're kind of flying by the seat of the pants, and I hate that. You know, I, I've talked, tell me what I'm fighting so I can plan out a schedule and fight and figure out how to train and what I need to do to beat the opponent. Well... We're not, we don't have that luxury right now. So when I read that this morning, 
I was reminded that it's going to go where it's going to go, and there's not a heck of a lot that I can do about it, but just trust God. So I just wanted to share that. And I think it's really cool how God, um, there's no accidents. When there's a message that you need to be heard, the cool thing is you usually get it. And by Tom saying that he got it today, when I read that this morning, yeah, it makes sense, yeah, yeah. But when he said it, it made me really think, what am I doing? I, I mean, I can't, I got to let go of that control. I can only control what I can control, which is being aware, being responsible, being without fear, but being free. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, a lesson for all of us, too, is, you know, who's in control. We've talked about, you know, we've we've talked about the um, lack of wisdom in putting your confidence in things that, you know, are temporal jobs, retirement, health. As faith, men of faith, we have to realize we also put our confidence too often in things we want to control. You know, the desire to control it can be as uh-huh. bad as misplacing. Especially if you're your a competitor. Controller. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we didn't rehearse anything. We I, I, I texted yesterday and asked Tom if he'd come on and didn't tell him what we were going to talk about or whatever. And mm-hmm. that was an all-natural conversation. And we'll do that with every guest just because we think that's the right way to do it. Uh, just really uplifting and strengthening to have Tom on today. And we appreciate it. It's great to see you. Yeah. Have a good it's weekend. like we're opening and, back uh, up on Monday. Four, uh, four, winners. four more winners. Dave Gregory, Boyce Lancaster, Nicholas Cianciolo, and Meredith Harrison are winners today. Get your nominations in. You all know somebody who could use $250 in COVID-19 relief. We'd love to give it to them, but we cannot unless you nominate them at Podcast at gmail.com. 